Let's go to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. And we're going to start in verse 18. It says this. Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So when the Lord said this, he was not telling them not to be thankful for how he delivered them. Uh, talking to that uh, to the uh, <clears throat> children of Israel, uh, he was he when he said, "Remember not the former things." He wasn't saying, "Hey, don't remember how I delivered you from the past." He wasn't saying that. He, he was basically implying, "You haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> you saw what I did for you in the past." You saw how I delivered you out of bondage. You saw how I delivered you out of Egypt and how you, you were a slave and, and you left as a free people. You saw how I did that. But forget that. You're about to see a greater deliverance yet. You're about to see more yet. You're about to see what I can do yet. The NIV says it this way. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You know, the Lord doesn't just want us to look back in the past. He doesn't just want to look us to look back at last year, the months before and be like, man, I wish it was still like that. I remember back in the day how it used to be. Man, those were great days in church and those those were good things that the Lord was doing. He wants us to be. We should always be thankful for the past. We should be thankful. We should be appreciative. We should honor the Lord for what he's done. We should give God glory for what he's done. But we are not to look back at the past longingly as though we are not going to see any more of his goodness, as though we're not going to see any more of his faithfulness, as though we're not going to see things that exceeded what he's done in the past. Right. The, the 23rd Psalm. What does it say? The Lord is my shepherd. I used to what I shall not want. Right. It's not saying I remember when I had no lack. No, this is future. I'm not going to lack. Right. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I remember when he used to lead me beside green pastures. No, it don't, it don't say that he is leading. He is still leading us beside green pastures. Right. And it's just, this is not us looking back and saying, man, I remember the Lord. He is. Yeah, he, he used to be a good shepherd. And I remember when goodness and mercy used to follow me. It seemed like good things were happening. And what's happened now? No, that is not the way we're supposed to look. We need to forget the things in the past as though that we're not focused on it and looking back longingly on it. Forget it and move forward. Move forward to the things that are ahead that God has for us. The plan of God for our lives is to increase is to come up, is more and more, right? It, it, when you get saved, when we get born again, 
The Lord doesn't just save us, you know, free us from a life of sin, deliver us from the wrath to come, you know, write our names in the Lamb's book of life and says, all right, guys, I've done everything I'm going to do for you from here on out. You know, now you just got to suffer through life here until I return. There's really nothing more to look forward to. You know, I, I, everything, I'm, everything that's going to happen good in your life happened once you got born again. Nothing more to look forward to. No, no more exciting things. I'm, I'm not doing anything more. So just look forward to my coming till you get to heaven because that's about all the excitement you're going to have. No, no, that's not the plan of God, right? Jesus said in John 10, 10, that I came to give life and life more what? abundantly. No, he didn't say this is going to be a reluctant life. He didn't say I came to give you life more reluctantly or you're just going to be like, oh man, why well, get born again? There's nothing, for, there's nothing more to look forward to, right? He wants us to increase. Jesus said, herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. He wants us to increase, to bear fruit, right? The word of God says that he will increase us more and more us and our children, that's not decreasing us less and less. The plan of God is for us to go forward, to increase, to abound, to be fruitful. That is the plan of God. Amen. That's what the Lord has for us in all of our lives and in every area of our lives. He has designed it. It is his will. It's his plan for us to increase in our relationships. He doesn't, he, he wants things to grow and to be fruitful and to increase. He wants love to abound in, in your relationships, in your friendships, in your, uh, uh, in marriage situations and parent situations with their children and all types of relationships. He wants increase to happen. He wants more to happen in, in your work, in your job, in your finances. He doesn't just want you to just, you know, tap out, come to a place and just, that's it. You go stagnant, no more increase, can't do anything more, can't further the kingdom more because, hey, I'm not increasing anymore. No, that's not the plan of God. God wants us to continue to increase in every area of our lives. Amen? Amen. Go to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. In verse 18, it says, But the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. The NET translation says, But the path of the righteous is like the bright morning light growing brighter and brighter until full day. So see this picture. As believers, as people that love the Lord, as we are walking this path, staying on this path, light appears. There's light. The light is ahead of us, right? And as we stay on that path, more light occurs. It, it'd almost be like if, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of where I saw this before. I don't know if it was like a, a show, but technology, as you walk forward, 
the lights come on. You ever, you ever see like a, a movie or something and it's futuristic and as they're walking, the light comes on, do, 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 do. It's just like motion detection. Well, that's the way the path of God is for our lives. That as we're moving forward, light comes on. And as we take another step, more light. And as we take another step, more light. You guys with me? As we take another step, more light. And we see clearer than we saw before. We see more ahead than we saw before. But the path is forward. The path that God has for us is forward. It is not backwards. Right? And so as we're progressing on this path, and so how, how do you stay on the path of God? How do you stay on the path that God has for you? Yes, we know it's by faith, but how do you walk by faith? You have to move forward. You have to go forward. You, you can't go backwards and get on the path of God, right? It's not, you don't get saved, you don't get born again, and then you start walking backwards. You start taking, we call that backsliding, right? <laughs> where, where you do less for God, you're not as excited for God, you start you know, moving backwards instead of forward. No, with God, to stay on his path, you have to continually to move forward and you do that by faith. You do that by faith, amen? Now, now, faith is based on what God said, right? Faith is based on what he said to us. Faith is based on what he has said to you personally, either by his spirit or in the word of God. It's not us just doing something, whatever we want to do. We just get an idea and say, hey, I'm going to do that. I'm going to move forward with that by faith. Well, <laughs> you can't do it by faith if you have not heard from God about it. In order for something to be by faith and in faith and trust, because faith is, our faith is in God, right? Our faith is in what he told us. Our faith is in him. And if we're going to look to him to be faithful, then it needs to be based on what he's told us to do. We can't just arbitrarily just come up with something and say, I'm going to do that and just step out. And Lord, I'm expecting you to come through. Well, he didn't tell you to do that. So we cannot put our trust in something he did not tell us to do. But when we've heard from the Lord and we begin to move forward in faith, we'll see more light. We'll get more direction as we move forward. But if we stay still, if we just don't take that step and, and we just stay in one place, we're not going to get any light. We're not going to see things clear, but it's, you just put one foot in front of the other and then, oh, okay, I, I see now. And, and you take another foot or another, not another foot, but you take another step in the direction forward and then more light comes and more direction comes and more increase comes, and more opportunities come, and more things open up to you where you see, okay, I see what the Lord's doing, and then you take another step. Ah, I see why that happened, and you take another step. More light. Now, you, when I'm saying light, you, you understand that I'm talking about seeing clearly. What, what does light enable you, you to do? You know, the, the verse we read in Proverbs 4, growing brighter and brighter into the full day. When it's in the morning time, the sun first comes up, you, can, you begin to see, right? As, you know, I like to get up and sometimes uh, go out in our lanai 
and sit out there and you see the sun come up and first of all it's a little dark and I kind of like that it's like okay yeah this it's peaceful out there but then as the sun comes up more and more what happens you see more clearly we live you know there's a preserve behind us where we live and so it's dark when you look out there at first but then as the sun rises all of a sudden you start seeing the birds flying around the squirrels chasing each other you know whatever else everything else that is out there you start seeing them flying and chasing and doing all these things you see that as it begins as it gets more clear as it gets more brighter and so that is the way the path of the christian life is supposed to be you start to see things more clear you start to understand and and know the ways of god more clear you start to see the path that he has for you more clear, the direction that he has for you more clear as you move forward in faith. I should have had you go to Hebrews chapter 10. I should have had you turn there. Hebrews chapter 10. And it says this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. It says, now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. So the just live by faith. This is how we live, by faith. So this is, this drawing back, this is not walking by faith. This is in contrast. This is the opposite of walking by faith. This is going backwards. Why, why would you draw back? Why would you draw back? As you, you know, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Why would you want to draw back? You would draw back because of fear, right? Fear, the uncertainty, going into something that you're not familiar with, right? Going into the unknown. You're moving by faith, moving forward, but then some things come up that you're not sure about, that you're uncertain about, or you don't see how it's going to work out. You don't see how it could happen. You don't see in the natural anymore what, how God could cause this to work out for you, how God could cause you to overcome. And so because of that fear and uncertainty and insecurity and timidity, you, you draw back. You say, uh, you know what, I, I, I'm not going to live by faith. I'm not going to move forward anymore. I'm, I'm not going to step out on what the Lord told me to do. And so if you're not moving any, if you're not moving forward and you're just, what happens? If you're not moving forward, you're eventually just going to be moving backwards. Backwards to what? Backwards to what is familiar you guys with me? You believe with me? Backwards to what is familiar to you, to what was comfortable to you, right? The flesh does not like to do or be in uncomfortable situations, things that are not comforting to you, right? You like, the flesh likes to be comfort, comfortable, right? When you're in a situation or in a place that's new, you, maybe you start a new job, Maybe you, you know, first day of school, remember that time? The first day, you're a little bit like, 
uncomfortable. If you, especially if you're in a new city, new place, and you don't know anybody, you feel a little uncomfortable, right? And the flesh doesn't like that. I mean, yeah, there, there's people that their personalities are like, woo, everybody, I'm here. I just moved to the city and stay, <laughs> love me. But <laughs> there's some people like that. But then, but a lot of people, you know, we, we don't, we, we like to be in a place that's familiar to us. We like to sometimes sit in the same spot, you know. We, we don't like to change up routine too much, right. We don't like uncertainty and doing things different, right. Because the flesh likes familiarity. It likes to be comfortable. It likes what it likes. You know, some people don't like to try new foods or anything like that, right? Because it's unknown. What if I don't like it? And uh, I don't know. You just want to be comfortable, do what you're familiar with, you know, the same routine. But if you're like that, you never get to experience what God has for you. You don't get to experience the more and the increase and the abundance that he has for us. We, we won't understand and experience the, the fruitfulness that God has in store for us if we are not willing to move forward past the uncertainties, past the unknown, past what we are not sure about, past the fears. We have to, be, we have to want to overcome the fears and be willing to overcome the obstacles and the challenges and be willing to move forward past all those things, even though our mind is screaming, ah, no, what's going to happen? You don't know what can happen. You don't know how this is going to turn out. We have to be willing to say, no, shut up. I'm moving forward with God. I'm moving forward in faith. Somebody say, I'm moving forward in faith. See, if when the Lord tells you to do something, he doesn't change his mind on it. So if he doesn't change his mind, we should not change, right? The Lord does not change. He doesn't tell you to do something and then say, you know what? I, I didn't, I forgot that, you know, that's your person that's easily afraid. You get intimidated easily or that's not your personality or the Lord doesn't say anything like that. The Lord said, like, when you think about the life of Moses, you know, Moses, the Lord called him to be the one to deliver, help deliver the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage. And he, he started to say, Lord, me? What about, I, I don't speak good. I'm not, I'm not none of those things. You know, I can't do this, basically. I'm not qualified for this. You know, that's not my personality. I'm not a leader. I'm not one of those people. The Lord didn't say, oh, yeah, you're, you're right, Moses. What was I thinking? I, I need to raise somebody else up. I'll go... Let's go to somebody else because you're right. You, you are just not that man. You, no, no, that's not the way God operates. If he told you to do something, he is going to enable you and grace you and give you the ability and give you the power to do it. As long as you're willing to take the step by faith. And Moses eventually believed the word of the Lord and began to take steps by faith. And the Lord used him. And we talk about him to this day. But in the natural he was not a man that you would think was qualified. He didn't, himself didn't think he was qualified. But it's not always easy to walk by faith. It's not always, I know some people want to portray sometimes that the life of faith is just, woo, you get up and you just feel like, I have victory in Jesus. Every day that you just get up and that you're just full 
I mean, we should get up and by faith have the victory and by faith declare what the Lord is going to do. But your flesh doesn't always feel like that. Your flesh doesn't always feel uh, like saying, thanks be to God who causes me to triumph. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you're waiting to feel like that, you're going to be waiting for a long time. You have to do those things by faith. You have to act like you have the victory even before you have the victory. You have to act like this is going to be the best day of my life even before anything says it's going to be that way. And you may wake up, you, you might wake up and, and fall, stumble, hit your toe, you know, on, on, on the, uh, you ever done that? You know, get out of bed, walk into a wall. I mean, I don't typically walk into walls, but I've, st I've hit my toe, you know, or something on the end of the bed or something, you know, or, or, or got up too fast. It was like, oh, oh, my, my back. Oh, man, I got up a little bit too quick, you know, didn't stretch, you know, or, or whatever. Well, you, you don't immediately, the, the first thought is not immediately like, man, this is going to be the greatest day. No, you, you could be tempted to think, oh, man, what is going on? No, but by faith, you just have to say, no, no, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And you be, you, you know, I have a strong body. The healing power of God is working in my body. And you, be, you have to declare those things. And then you start experiencing the, the power of God, the grace of God, enabling you to do what you could not do before. But there will be obstacles. There will be challenges. One thing we must settle is that we do, you know, I think some Christians think that they have an option to obey God. Now, we have free will. We have, it is our choice. But if we're going to stay on the path that God has for us, if we're going to experience more and continue to have forward progress, you don't have an option whether or not you're going to obey God. Unless you like going backwards, unless you like not experiencing more of what God has for you, unless you don't like to see miracles and miraculous things happen and things for other people, uh, things that happen for you that aren't happening for other people. If we're going to see things that aren't happening to other people, meaning people, other Christians, other people in the world, if we're going to see and experience things that they're not, we're going to have to live a completely different life than they're living. We're going to have to respond completely different than they respond to things. We're going to have to do things a different way than they're doing things. So I think, you know, a lot of Christians think that you can just do whatever you want and that God just because he's gracious and merciful, he's just going to increase you and, and give you more and cause you to be fruitful, even though you're disobeying him, even though you're not following him. That, that's, that's not God. And people have ministers and people have, you know, represented God incorrectly and poorly, that that's the way God is, but that is not the way God is. Yes, God is merciful and he will be patient. But we'll see here, I actually go to Luke, Go to Luke chapter 9 with me. That the Lord 
expects you to follow him. And if you don't follow him, you can't go forward. Well, you're in Luke 9. I'm going to read actually Jeremiah 22. So you guys stay in Luke 9. I'm going to go to Jeremiah chapter 22. And uh, I'm reading from the NIV in verse 7. The Lord says this, For when I brought your ancestors out of Egypt and spoke to them, I did not just give them commands about burnt offerings and sacrifices, but I gave them this command, Obey me, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. Walk in obedience to all I command you, that it may go well with you. Did you hear that? Walk in obedience and all that I command you, that it may go well with you. So if they don't walk in obedience, is it going to go well with them anyway? Can you disobey the Lord and it still go well with you? No. You guys believing with me? But they did not listen or pay attention. Instead, they followed the stubborn inclinations of their evil hearts. They went backward and not forward. See, if we're, you notice that phrase, they went backward and not forward. How did that happen? They were stubborn and they followed their, the, the evil inclinations of their own heart. See, we see that word evil inclinations, and I think we, and, that, and it does include that, but I think we think like, wow, these were wicked people. They, uh, you know, were thinking of doing all kinds of evil, wicked stuff. And there is that truth there, but... This just has to do with also being natural, stubbornness, your own inclinations, what you want to do. This is not necessarily something that you're always just being immoral and just, you know, living a godless life, ungodly life. But this is just not doing what the Lord is telling you to do. And if we're doing what we want to do, if we're doing our own ideas, we're not going to go forward. Which way we're going? We're going backwards, right? And this applies to area, every area of our lives, like I said before, in our finances, in our relationships. You know, if the Lord says, forgive that person, then in order for me to move forward, to increase, to be fruitful in life, I have to forgive. If I don't forgive, if you are not doing what the Lord told you to do in an area, and he is saying, you need to do this, you need to forgive, and you don't move forward and by faith forgive that individual, are you going to experience the fellowship with the Lord that you could have? The increase and in the intimacy that you could have with the Lord? Are you going to experience more from him, more favor and direction if you are disobedient in what he's telling you to do here. Because what you do here affects, uh, uh, has to do with if you even get to up there. If you're still stuck here and the Lord is saying, do this, and you don't do it, you're never going to get up there. 
Because there's some things the Lord wants to unfold to us. There's some things that Lord wants to show you and reveal to you and do for you. But as long as you're stuck here, you can't get to what's up there. Does that make sense? You can't get to what's ahead if you're just staying bound right here. Because the Lord is going to do some things when you, when you move forward by faith and say, okay, I forgive them. Okay, I walk in love with them. Okay, I, I, I'm going to going to give my tithe. I'm going to sow my seed. Okay. I'm going to do this. And when you obey the Lord, I'm going to trust you in this area, Lord. I'm going to surrender this to you. When you do that, when you take that step of obedience, more light will come. Oh, okay. I see what you, I see what's going on now. More clarity will come. It's, you know, I, I know many Christians would not just say, you know, God, no, I'm not going to obey you. No one ever does that. I mean, well, I shouldn't say no one ever does that. <laughs> They're actually, most Christians that are wanting to serve the Lord with their heart, that love the Lord, typically, you, uh, you know, you're, you're not in a church service during worship, and you don't hear somebody say, Lord, I don't surrender to you. No, no, I will not worship you. I will not move forward with you. I will not obey you, Lord. If you heard that, you'd be like, man, you, you want me to pray for your brother? You know, most Christians don't do that, right? Most Christians, I, they're, they're not just going to come right out and say, man, that was a great message, Pastor, but I'm not going to do any of that. I'm not obeying God. I just come to church. That's all I want to do with my life, and I'm not going to obey him in any area besides coming to church, okay? No, that's, most Christians don't talk like that, but there's other things that they do. There's other excuses that they make that we can make. Like, I'm not ready to do that. You know, I got other things going on. I, I'm just not there yet. And once I feel like I'm ready, then I'll obey the Lord. See, there's all other things that we come up with for reasons why we don't obey the Lord. But regardless of the reason why we're not obeying the Lord, regardless of whatever the reason is, we're still not moving forward. And so if we're not moving forward, we're going backwards. We're eventually going to go back if we're not obeying the Lord. Regardless of how we color the disobedience, how we try to frame the disobedience and say, yeah, I'm waiting till I, you know, I, I get in this position. I'm waiting till I get all these situations taken care of. Once I get all these things in order, once I get, you know, my kids are in school and, and uh, you know, I have a good job, then I'll volunteer at the church. Then I'll give my time to the work of God. Then I'll give my time to do the things that God is asking me to do. But I got to do these things first. See, it's another way of just being disobedient. We're being disobedient. And if you're being disobedient, you're not going to move forward. You know, and maybe we thought these people up here, they didn't listen. They didn't pay attention, it says. They followed the stubbornness of their own heart, meaning they wanted what they wanted. Yeah, God, you said that. But this is what we want, Lord. This is, we rather have this. And they might have thought that they wanted what they wanted. 
But once you start going backwards, and you're going backwards, and you're going backwards into more bondage, you should probably realize this is not what I wanted after all. Lord, help me get back on track. Help me get back on the path. Help me see where I messed up and get right back on the path so that I continue to move forward. In Luke 9, you guys are in Luke 9. You know, if God asks us to do something, I think he knows if we're capable or not of doing something. Amen? I, I think if the Lord says, hey, I want you to lead a Bible study, you know, I, and you're like, Lord, I'm, I'm not ready for that. Well, I don't think he would ask you to do something if you're not ready to do it. I, in fact, not, I think I know the Lord would not ask you to do something. See, you're not, a lot of times you're not going to see in the natural that you are ready. It's not going to look like I'm ready to do that as far as uh, that you have all the ability, that you have all the uh, know-how, that you know exactly how it's going to work out. But he expects us to take a step of faith. And when we take a step of faith, we'll begin to move forward. We'll begin to see how. And in Luke 9, verse 59, he said to another man, Follow me. <clears throat> but he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. <laughs> now, that sounds harsh, right? Like to, to, to the unrenewed mind. Jesus said, the guy saying, Lord, let me go bury my father first. And I, I, I don't know if the man's father is already buried, I mean uh, dead, or if he's a, just elderly. But the Lord is not saying, hey, just forsake your family obligations, just, you know, family responsibilities. But he knows the nature of humans. He knows the inclination of the flesh. And if we begin to look back and go back after he's told us to follow him and to do something, we'll always, there will always be something that will come up. There will always be a reason why you can't do what he told you to do. And the Lord expects us that even if that was our responsibility, even if burying his father, that was that son's responsibility. If the Lord says, follow me, it's not his responsibility anymore. <laughs> he has a new responsibility now. He has a new obligation now. Not saying that he couldn't, you know, work things out, but the Lord expected him. I, and I believe when you follow the Lord and you immediately leave and do what he tells you to do, that he'll begin to work things out back there. And maybe you'll be involved or he'll use somebody else, but he'll work it out so that they're taken care of, that your family's taken care of, that things are being taken care of. The Lord's not just going to let people just, our son left. Oh, man, you know, there's nothing. We have no hope and there's nothing we can do now because our son, he went to follow Jesus. No, the Lord will cause things to happen and work things out in other people's lives and maybe other people will get involved and do things. But he has a new responsibility now. You know, we, we, we can't think that everything that is our responsibility, that everything that, you know, natural is our responsibility. Not everything that we think we're supposed to do, we should be doing. 
Not everything we think that is normal and natural and is just part, part of life. Hey, this is just part of a, you know, the American life. You have a house, you got to do these things. You, you, ha you have kids, you got to do these things with them. And, and <clears throat> some things that we think are just normal responsibilities and obligations, we really need to evaluate it and say, is that right? Is that true? Who said that? Who said that every Saturday morning or every Sunday morning I got to take my kids to Chuck E. Cheese? Who said that? Where, where is that in the scriptures? Why does that always have to happen on a Sunday? <laughs> or, or there's just different things that we think, man, you got to do these things. And, and that might, that, that's a, probably a little extreme. But what I'm saying is there's some responsibilities that really should not be our responsibility. Jesus said, Leave the, let the dead bury the dead. Let, let people that are fooling around with dead things that have nothing to do with the kingdom, let them worry about that stuff. Let them take care of that stuff. You come and follow me. And then he said in verse 61, still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. See, you, you, the Lord knew what was going on with these men. He knew what was in their heart. He knows our motives. And he knows if you don't immediately follow the Lord, if you don't immediately do what he says, something will come up that will cause you to procrastinate that will cause you to put off what God is telling us to do, that will cause us to look back and never move forward, that will cause us to go backwards. See, is this moving forward with the Lord or is this wanting to look back? He's saying, Lord, I'll follow you, but, but hold on now. Let me go say bye to mama and daddy. Let me go say bye to granny and grandpa, you know, and cousin Billy Bob, <laughs> let me go say goodbye, Lord, because if I start to follow you, I'm going to miss everything. I'm going to miss my cousin's quinceanera. I'm not going to be able to be a part of all those things now. I'm going to miss all the baby showers and bridal showers, Lord, because we'll be traveling for months and months, Lord, and I'm going to miss. It's my aunt's 50th birthday party coming up. Lord, I can't miss that now. See, there will always be a reason why you can't move forward with God, right? There will always be a reason why. <laughs> there will always be an excuse if you don't move immediately. So that's why sometimes you can't even think about it. You see some of the other disciples, they were fishing one moment. The, Jesus said, come follow me. They threw the nets down, picked the boat like, hey, see you, Dad. We're, going, we're following the master, Jesus. And see, this has to do with what we value what we honor. See, this guy, this, these individuals, they valued, they didn't value following the, the Lord. They didn't value having a place in the work of the gospel, in the work of the kingdom. See, we can't ever get to a place where we think, God, I'm serving you. I'm coming every Sunday. I, I'm, I'm doing what you ask me to do and I'm working hard for you, and I'm doing you a favor, God. 
No, we, we can't ever get to that point where we are ungrateful for what we're doing. We need to have a heart that is appreciative that this is a privilege that I get to serve in the kingdom. This is a privilege no matter who comes, no matter who helps, no matter who shows up, no matter who is supporting, no matter what's going on, this is a privilege that I get to do the work of the gospel. This is a privilege that I get to serve in the house of the Lord, right? This is a privilege. The Bible talks about I'd rather serve in the house of the Lord to be what we would say in a tower or palace or high rise building with famous people and celebrities. I'd rather be in the house of the Lord serving. We can't ever get to, man, feel bad. Like, man, I'm missing out on all this stuff that's going on back home. Man, you know, they're having family reunions and barbecues without me. Because I'm serving you, Lord, I'm serving you. I'm being faithful to you, Lord. Well, we're looking at it wrong. We're looking at it wrong. We're looking back and wishing, because what we're really doing is we're wishing that we were back there. I'm wishing that I was still there. Or I'm wishing, man, it was easy just to serve and do this in the church and be with my friends. It was easier to do that than what the Lord's asking me to do. It was easier to do that. To, to just be a part and not have to do anything else. Now I have more responsibility, more prayer I got to do. See, we're thinking about it wrong. We're not valuing what the Lord has given us to do. We're not valuing and esteeming and saying, man, God, thank you. Thank you that you would ask me to do this. Thank you that you would believe in me to say, follow me. And you knew that I would follow you. You knew that I would obey you. You trusted me with that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And you know, if we don't value what he's asking us to do, he will find someone else who does value it. And we, will, we can be replaced. These other gentlemen that didn't follow the Lord, God used other people. What happened? They did not get to experience the intimacy, the fellowship. Can you imagine what these guys missed out on? because they wanted to go say bye to grandma and grandpa and to their family because they didn't move forward with Jesus. What did they miss out on? They missed out on the miracles that he did. They missed out on sitting with Jesus, having fish dinners with Jesus, the master. <laughs> I mean, they got to miss out on all the wonderful teachings all the things that he did for the people, seeing all the healings, seeing the provision miracles, seeing all these things, they missed out on all of that because they weren't willing to forsake. They weren't willing to make sacrifices. They weren't willing to count the cost. They weren't willing to be inconvenienced. See, to follow the Lord, you have to be willing to be inconvenienced. You have to be willing to, to sacrifice something or else... You're not really, the, what, what the Lord say here, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. It says this in that same verse in that new uh, Good News translation. In that Luke 9, 62, Jesus said to him, anyone who starts to plow and then keeps looking back is of no use for the kingdom of God. 
If we look back, if we start getting our eyes and say, man, I'd much rather be doing what I used to do. Oh, man, it was so much easier. Oh, I'd much rather have not be dealing with this. It, it, it was so much easier. We're not fit. We're, we're not going to be of any use to the kingdom of God. And these guys experienced that where they were not fit, where they were no use to the kingdom of God, right? I mean, that, this happens all the time to people. They, you know, you, you, they get involved, they start doing something, and then things get a little challenging. There's some obstacles, challenges that take place. And what happens? They look back and say, man, this is, this is too much. This is hard. I remember when we first got involved in children's ministry. Well, when I first, I should say, when I first got involved in children's ministry at our uh, previous church we were in, in a different state. And when we got involved in children's ministry, I remember that first day. First of all, I did not think that was my calling, children's ministry, overseeing children and, and being a part of children's ministry. Now, I love children. Children are great, you know. But I did not think that that was my grace or my anointing or my calling at all. <laughs> and I remember the first day getting involved in the children's department. First day we were in charge. First day the responsibility is on me now. And it was just like, boom, just put in my lap. And I had no clue what to do. And these kids were, wow, there were kids everywhere, running around everywhere. That's like, whoa. And the, and the room that we were in, too, it was kind of like an echoey room. It was a very big room and tall, you know, ceilings. It, it, was, it was big. Not a lot of uh, sound uh, proof, proofiness going on there, whatever you want to call it. And... Man, I remember it was just loud and noisy, and you're trying to tell the kids, hey, hey, don't, don't do that. You know, they're jumping on chairs and, and just doing things they're not supposed to do. And like, oh, no, don't do that. No. But they can't hear you because it's so echoey. And all you hear is, ah, you know, like you ever drive by a school or go by a school during recess, and all you just hear is screaming and noisy, right? You, you can't make out what they're saying. You just hear, ah, this constant noise, or if you go to the public pool, same thing, you know. It was just like that, noise, constantly, you know. And I'm not used to that. I'm not used to being in a place where kids are just making noise and screaming like that. I'm like, ah. And then they're not listening to what you're talking. I remember after that service, I sat down, and I could barely breathe. <laughs> I was so stressed out. I was so... I mean, I, I think I was shaking. I, oh my, oh my, I was, I was so stressed. I, I don't think I've had a day like that in my life where I was so stressed that I, my heart was pounding and I'm shaking like, oh my goodness, what did I get myself into? And I really thought like about looking back, like, man, I think I'd rather go back to being an usher. <laughs> I was looking back long, you're like, man, those guys. Oh, man, that, that was so much easier, so much easier to be an usher, you know? I was looking back longingly. But I just remember sitting there thinking, oh, what did I get myself into? What am I doing? But if I, look, if I kept focus on the past and look back 
longingly and how it used to be, then I wouldn't have seen some of the good things that we begin to see. I wouldn't have grown and developed and matured and got more light from the Lord and increased and became more fruitful. And it's interesting, it's amazing, it's the blessing of God that some of those kids still, I have some, some of them, one in particular I'm thinking about, that I'll still talk to every now and then. And, and I've had some of them reach out and say, man, you know, uh, you might not have known this, but I looked up to you and, and uh, you, you helped us and you, you taught us well. Well, you, you know, when they're kids, they don't say that stuff. You know, you, you preach your heart out and you say good things and they just, they're like, hey, we're done, yeah, it's time to play games, you know. But now that some of them are adults, you know, they look back and they say, man, thank you, thank you. And that's a blessing. But that, but I'm not, I know we would not be in a position to have moved to Florida to do what God is asking us to do if we first never took that step to obey God there and got that experience and got that training. And it wasn't just about training. The Lord is not just using you. Everything is not just a, I know people like to talk about stepping stones. Well, yes, there are steps and you do progress in faith, but it is not just about you. I really cared about those kids. I developed a, a heart and a love for those kids. And I saw, and the Lord put in me things, or I saw in me things and developed things that I didn't know were there before. You know, you, you get better at, uh, at how to talk to children and how to relate to them and how to make things more understandable to them. And you start caring about what's going on in their lives and the things that are happening in their lives and stuff. And so there's a lot of things going on that we don't know that we will never increase and experience and receive if we don't move forward. If we don't just say, okay, whew, this was tough. That first day was challenging. It wasn't just the first day. It was, it was for a little bit, you know. <laughs> I remember another person, we, we had some other individuals volunteer and help us. And I remember the same thing, another person stressed out. He was he was shaking after he came and talked to me. He's like, man, uh, man, I, I want to help you. I want to help you, sir, but I don't, I don't know if I can do this. You know, he was shaking and all nervous and everything. And I just was, I laughed. I was like, man, I went through the same thing. You'll get over it. Just keep moving forward. You'll get, you'll get past it. But if you don't ever do that, if you just look back and how it used to be, you'll not move forward with God. When we decided to move here to Florida, when the Lord asked us to, when the Lord said, move to Florida, and I want you to pack up, leave your family, leave what is familiar to you, go to Florida. Man, we have plenty of opportunities to look back and say, man, what, what are we going to do? You know, we had to put our house up for sale and we weren't getting any showings. No movement was happening. And you think, man, did, did we make a mistake? Are we going too soon? And you're wondering, okay, what's going on here? And, and there's times where you, the enemy don't, the enemy is not, when, you, when the Lord tells you something, when the Lord says, do this, follow me, go here. The enemy doesn't just say, 
here's a path for you. Just go down that path, I'll get out your way. He, does, he doesn't do that. He tries to bring all kind of thoughts and suggestions that you're missing it, that you're making a mistake, that it's not gonna work, that you fool, what are you gonna do? You're making a mistake, it's not gonna work out. How are you gonna move and, and, and rent a place or get a home down there and you haven't sold your home here, right? There's all these thoughts. There's all these things that are going on, all these pressures and all these thoughts that are happening. But if we didn't continue and overcome the fears and overcome the uncertainty and overcome the unknowns, then we're not here and we're not experiencing the increase that we've experienced here. I mean, we, we've, we've had amazing things happen here, miracles and financial things. And we, we left that house if we would look, oh man, that was a nice house we lived in. But we, we got a better house than that now. I mean, thank God for that house. We, we're not unthankful and appreciative for that house. That was a great house for that time. But now we got even better and we got more. We're experiencing more of what God has for us. But I don't know. I don't think. And in fact, I know if we did not obey God, we would probably still be there, still be saying, Lord, I know there's more. What more do you have for me? There's more. There's more. And see, we need to make the connection that there is more. Yes, there is more, but the more is connected to us stepping forward in faith, doing what he has for us. And then when we move forward in faith, we see, wow, okay, I, I, I see. I, I wouldn't have experienced this if we didn't take a step out. I, I wouldn't experience, well, we're experiencing things right now that we're in the middle of that we, I know if we didn't do some of the things the Lord is asking us to do now, it wouldn't have happened. Certain things wouldn't have happened, financial things, and just things wouldn't happen unless we move forward with the things of God. And one thing we need to make sure of is that we don't ever give place to complaining. We don't give place to complaining as though we are suffering and that this is not a privilege this is not an honor to do what we're doing. Complaining is an indication that we don't see the value in what we're doing. If we're, man, you know, we're getting ready and I'm studying and I'm, man, people don't care about this. Ain't nobody watching these YouTube videos anyway. Ain't nobody, ain't, ain't nobody caring about the word I'm preaching. If I get to that, then I don't see the value. I don't see the honor and the privilege that, that we have, that I have. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. These individuals who did not follow the Lord, they made all kind of excuses, but they didn't move forward with God. They didn't move forward with what he had for them. Go to Exodus 14. Let's say I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward with the Lord. We have to be willing to leave everything to get to the more. We have to be willing to do what is unfamiliar to get to the more that God has for us. 
What, where did I tell you to turn to? Okay. Exodus chapter 14. Now, <clears throat> just a, a little background here. Exodus chapter 14. The Lord just miraculously delivered the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage. I mean, the Egyptians basically, <laughs> they threw up the white flag, right? Pharaoh was like, go! After all the plagues and all the miraculous things that took place, Pharaoh said, go, get out of here, get out, you know, go. He waved the white flag, basically. And uh, the Lord delivered his people. He set them free. And then he just set them free. The Bible says that he sent them forth with silver and gold, and there was not a feeble among them. I mean, he told them, hey, go ask the Egyptians for their silver and the gold. And they were like, yeah, here, take it all, just Go, just go, just get out of here. And so they were, man, they were blessed people, right? They were freed, no longer slaves. I mean, they have been slaves for 400-something years. They're people, and now they're freed. They're freed. They got money. The Bible says they were, uh, there was not one feeble. They, they weren't sick. Out of all those people, there was not one sick. And they begin to go to what the Lord had prepared for them, the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. The Lord had a land for them flowing with milk and honey. He had a good plan. He had something good for them. He had prepared for the children of Israel, and they had to get out into the wilderness to get there. And as they're on their way out, Pharaoh has a change of heart. He's like, oh my, what, what did we do? What did, what did I do? And he says, all right, he tells the Egyptian army, Let's go. We need to go after them and bring those people back. And in Exodus 14, starting in verse 10, I'm reading from the modern English version. It says, when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. And indeed, the Egyptians were marching after them and they were extremely terrified. So the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, it is because there were no graves in Egypt, or is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? See, they're, they're, they left Egypt with silver and gold, and they're healthy, but now they're starting to think about Egypt. You're taking us away from Egypt to die in the wilderness. But is that, was that the plan of God for them to die in the wilderness? Is that why the Lord delivered them and said, hey, uh, delivered you, but you're going to die out there. No. So this is not even logical. This is not even reasonable. This was not the plan of God. So they're believing a lie. They're believing a lie. It says, is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? I mean, think of that. They really thought maybe he brought us out here because there's not enough graves in Egypt. Oh my, and they're all in fear. They're all just terrified. <laughs> this really happened. We need to think, put ourselves in this. And it says, why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? See, they were slaves in Egypt. They were treated horribly in Egypt. I mean, they were worked silly for, for hundreds of years. And they're like, why are you bringing, why did you bring us out of Egypt? Why are you dealing with us this way? 
what do you mean, why am I dealing with it? You're, you got gold now, you got silver, we're marching out. I'm dealing with you this way. They're looking back, looking back at Egypt, looking back on how things used to be and, and saying, this is worse than what used to be. <laughs> and they're on their way to the promised land. They're on their way, they should be on their way to the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Is not this the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. <laughs> wow. But see, that's, this is the way the devil works. This is the way the enemy works. He brings those thoughts that, man, whew, it would have been better to never have even stepped out by faith. It would have been better never to even try this because he's bringing thoughts of things that aren't even real, that aren't even going to happen to you. He's bringing thoughts of you failing, of you flopping, of things not working out, and that's not even going to happen. See, they're having thoughts like, we're going out there to die. Wow, we left Egypt to die. We told you, leave us alone. We'd rather be slaves. We're... And I guess you would think, it would be better to live a little bit longer in Egypt than just to walk, get freed, and then bloop, get killed and whatever, just suddenly die. I don't know how they thought they were going to die. Well, they thought they were going to die from the Egyptians coming, but <laughs> they, when that wasn't even the Egyptians' plan anyway. The Egyptians weren't after them to kill them, right? The Egyptians wanted to bring them back. Egyptians going to go round them up and say, no, you're coming back. But they believed a complete lie of the devil. They just, this is the way the enemy works with us today. We, we were endeavoring to obey God and he tries to picture, paint a picture of us just failing, of something happening that is not even the plan of God. The plan of God for them was more, was fruitful, was milk and honey, was a good land. And they're seeing it as, oh, bad, decrease, go backwards, that's much better. And then in verse 13, but Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will never see again. The Lord shall fight for you while you hold your peace. You know, there's some, there are some things that if we continue to move forward, that if we stay firm in our faith, that if we stay fully persuaded and not look back and not focus on the past, we'll never have to deal with again. I mean, they never had to deal with the Egyptians again. They never had to deal with the Egyptians again. But in order to not deal with the problem that they were dealing with for hundreds of years, what did they have to do? What did they have to do so that they didn't deal with it? They had to what? Move forward move forward in faith. They had to be firm. They had to stand firm. They couldn't focus on, the, on, on, oh, what's happening. They had to move forward in faith. And until they did that, they were going to have the same problems with the Egyptians. It says, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you while you hold your peace. The Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Speak to the children of Israel so that they go forward. 
Say, go forward. go forward. And we know that if you read the rest of the story, they went forward, the Red Sea split, they walked on dry land, the Egyptians tried to go at the Egyptians tried to go through the Red Sea on dry land. And what happened? The Lord covered, brought the, the wall, the, the, the waters down on them, and they never had to de deal with that problem again. They never had to deal with the Egyptians again. But see, they don't see that unless they go forward, unless they move forward in faith. So what, what, what am I saying? We ourselves, no matter what it looks like, as we're endeavoring to plant this church, no matter what obstacles we face, no matter how difficult it may seem, no matter what picture the devil may try to paint, no matter how the, the devil may try to get us to want us to look back longingly and say, oh man, it was much easier doing this. No, we're moving forward. We're moving forward in faith. We're moving forward with God. We're not going to look back. We're not going to turn back. We're going to keep moving forward. And as we move forward, the path is going to get brighter. As we move forward, we're going to see God do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. We're going to see him make a way where there was no way. We're going to see provisions. We're going to see healings. We're going to see salvations. We're going to see miracles. We're going to see people filled with the Spirit, lives being changed, families being restored. We're going to see things that other people aren't seeing because other people are not willing to continue to move forward with God. We're not going backwards. We're not going to say, oh man, this is too difficult. This is too challenging. This is, this is not uh, you know, how it used to be and look back on the past. No, we're going to move forward with God. We're going to see what other people are not seeing. We're going to see that we, God will enable us. He will grace us. He will give us the ability. And we're going to, as we move forward, but you don't do that. You don't see those things looking back. You only get to those things moving forward, not staying stagnant, not standing in one place, moving forward by faith. Amen. We're going to move forward. We're not going to put our hand to the plow and say, oh, man, Jesus, I like it back there better with how it used to be with my family. It was so much easier, you know, sitting there with all my family and loved ones. And no, we're moving forward. We're not going to start the work of the Lord and move backwards and quit and give up. We're going to continue to move forward in faith. Amen. We hope this message has encouraged you today. For more information on our ministry or to donate, visit onewayministries.net.